Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking with evangelist Jim Drown from Global Evangelistic Missions. Now, Jim has planted several churches around the world. Uh, They're building an orphanage. They've got about 22 Bible schools running. He travels around Peru and South America, all sorts of places, uh, visiting prisons, churches, schools, conferences. And it's a real uh, blessing to have him here in the studio here in Australia. Welcome to History Makers, Jim. We're just glad to be here. It's our second time into Australia, and uh, we're just enjoying what God's doing here. Now, the first time you came to Australia, you were part of the Canadian water ski barefoot team or something. Tell us about that. (laughs) (laughs) Barefoot water skiing. Exactly. (laughs) I opened up in the church, and I said I was here last time. As a matter of fact, I talked to a couple of pastors in... uh, in uh, Gold Coast, Sydney. No, it was actually Gold Coast uh, by their Surfside or Surf Paradise or something. And I said, yeah, I came here uh, to walk on water. What was it, 1994? And their eyes got this big. Are you serious? I said, yeah, but I had a I had a, a, a 300 horsepower motor pulling me. And I, I said I came for the 1994 World Barefoot Championships. It was held in Perth. I believe it would be Perth. Yep. And we spent uh, uh, two weeks uh, training in the – it was a rugby um, – the compound. Yep. I uh, forget the name of it. Uh, something, some big rugby. Yeah. Name. I don't. You probably know what it is. But anyways, that was it. And uh, we didn't place uh, in the as far as uh, a met. We didn't place in the meddling. Uh, we did in England, but that was my first experience in Australia. Well, there you go. Well, welcome back. It's good to have you over here. Now, I've heard a bit of your story before about uh, your upbringing, and you had a real uh, amazing experience at the age of nineteen that kind of changed your life. Do you want to tell us a bit about that? Yeah, it was uh, it was an incredible experience. Um, we uh, when I was a young boy, fifteen, I guess maybe adventurous and maybe feeling like uh, there was something greater than maybe not enough love in the house. You know, and my parents weren't the worst parents. You know, maybe. Not not the best parents, but uh, I ended up leaving home at 15. Ran uh, ran away from home or left home. I probably ran away because uh, it wouldn't be legal back then, but uh, I was a Canadian citizen, and I ended up in Florida at 15 and uh, didn't have anybody to take me in, so I ended up living under bridges. Uh, many, many, many times I'd wait to people picnicking, would be done picnicking, and then I would go eat their, their you know, when they threw it in the trash, I'd eat out of the trash cans and stuff like that. And, and I did that for quite a few years, but during that time, uh, my life, uh, just begin to 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 degenerate and degenerate and going down and into uh, drugs and you know the the typical back in the I'm almost sixty now so that was ba- way back in the sixties and the and the early seventies and Vietnam War and all that kind of stuff so we I ended up running with the wrong people we were uh, we we surfed a lot but we also uh, you know got into uh, just all kinds of stuff stuff maybe I prefer not to tell on the radio but uh, <laughs> if you can imagine it wasn't good but I ended up basically getting uh, really messed up on drugs at the time and alcohol and uh, then I came to uh, an experience I shared with you guys and I don't know how much you want me to tell about that, but... Uh, you you really sort of, came to a point where you, you wanted to end your life, didn't you? Like, you, you, you'd, you'd had enough, and, and you didn't think God was there for you. Tell us about that. Yeah, what, what had happened, uh, the, the story was that uh, through such a hard life, uh, living in, uh, you know, in those conditions, uh, just no love, no family, uh, if you can imagine almost three, four years of living on the streets, uh, that I, I ended up, uh, which I didn't tell you, I, I ended up marrying a girl. Uh, when I was, uh, I think I, I was just uh, 19 at the time, maybe just turned 18, but uh, this was many, many years ago. I married her, uh, uh, and things went really bad. Things went bad. 
plus with the drugs and and then uh i was getting very very sick and the doctors told me they thought i had leukemia i was sleeping like two weeks i'd, I'd go into just uh a sleep fest and go two weeks and they couldn't figure out and finally they said we believe you got leukemia and uh with all the stuff this uh this uh lady that i married and uh, was married to her for about a year she just finally up and left me she couldn't take it any longer and uh so with all that one night i decided that uh you know um there was no value i had no family I, uh, the the person I was married to and the people I knew I knew didn't really know anybody except for my my drug friends and my friends that surfed and stuff like that and I just felt like I had to end my life and you got a hold of a gun well I had a gun yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, that was one of the things we carried I carried a lot of times and uh, if I needed extra money we would we would rob uh, I, I I was in Puerto Rico for a while we we would rob gas stations and, and you know I don't want to tell a lot of stuff we did but it was it was it was very criminal mm. and uh, did things that I, I you know, I'm embarrassed to say, but uh, with all that stuff, I think I had a conscience and I knew things were wrong and that if I continued, uh, I'd end up killing somebody or somebody end up killing me. And, uh, and then with the drug situation and now with the bad news from the doctors, I decided one night that uh, uh, it was time for me to end my life. But I said, well, uh, I'll give God if you, if there is a God, and nobody told me there was a God or I never understood that there was a God. I never had that in my life as far as an upbringing. Never saw, uh, you know, anything ref- reference to God that would give me any desire or hope to go for it. Uh, I, uh, said if there's a God anywhere, I'm gonna count down to ten. And, uh, my friend, which was my, my, my pistol, I carried with me. I, I put it in my mouth and I count down to, t- to ten. I went one, two, three, then seven, eight, and I was slowed down. Nothing happened. I said, you know, if there's God, please answer me. I need help. I need, I, I you know, I, I felt like a waste of skin. And uh, just just thinking about it, uh, actually, I, every time I tell the story, it, 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 I actually go back into the almost a visitation. And I, just a simple prayer. I said, God, if you're, if you're there, help me. And uh, he didn't. There was no answer. And I, I pulled the trigger. Um, don't know what happened. Also, I know is that the, I fell back on this bed, I guess, and I was out for two days in a coma. And uh, this light came over top of me, a bright, bright, bright light. I, I didn't know at that time what it was. I couldn't figure it out. But after two days, I got up out of the bed. The gun was there. It had been, it had been shot off. I ran to the mirror. I began to slap my face. I began to pinch my face. I didn't know whether I was alive or dead in heaven or in hell or I just I was very confused at the time and uh but I I came out of that I felt like I was raised from the dead I was healed uh the 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 effects of drugs were not there I there I had no desire to take drugs or alcohol or some of the other things that I was doing and uh as a result um I didn't know what had happened I just had no experience, idea, clue what had happened. I, I felt like I loved people. I could look at people, and, and I hated them before. They were an obstacle to me. They just irritated me. And all of a sudden, all I wanted to do was wrap my arms around people and, and tell them I loved them. And, you know, that was back in the hippie days, you know. Uh, but it was something different than the hippie revolution. It was actually something from within inside. So everything changed in your life. Everyone noticed the change. And how did you get involved with church after that? Because you, you were kind of not really involved in church at all at the time, were you? Yeah, it was really unusual because I still didn't know what the experience was. And we would go to this park every night. That's where we hung out. And we did our drugs. And we, uh, to one, two o'clock in the morning, then we'd find a place to sleep under the, you know, boardwalk bridge or whatever. I'd go find somebody's house that would put us up or whatever. You know, there's a couple of friends begin to hang out together. And, and, uh, one of the guys, his name was Lance. He was, uh, 
Uh, he, we, we used to snort, if you can believe this or not. I, I, I mean, I, I, I laugh at it, but we would, we, we do, we wouldn't have any money many times, so we'd go and buy rubbing compound, and we would shake it up in a bottle, and we'd, we put it in a, a rag, and then we would sniff it, and until, uh, we would just hallucinate. If we couldn't hallucinate in any drug, we would hallucinate on, on spot remover, the, the chemicals, and, or glue. We would sniff glue till we hallucinated. But Lance had done so much that he was actually, we, we know, he was starting to go insane. We we realized he wasn't home a lot of the times. Even when he wasn't sniffing glue, he was uh, he's going mentally uh, retarded. And he came there that night and he said, uh, "Look, it, I'm going down to the tent. Uh, I found Jesus, and uh, we, I want you guys to come and get saved because if you don't, you're going to hell." And we just started <laughs> laughing at him like he he has definitely gone insane now. You know, we're going to find Jesus. You know, like where's Jesus under a rocker? You know, like uh, so. <laughs> what well, my friend and said, oh, I'm going to go down there. And I didn't want to go, but they all, we all hung together. So I went down just because I wanted to hang with them. And we get to this tent, and there was like three people there, four people, uh, including the, this preacher guy. And he, he was up there trying to sing, and we were just making fun of him. I was actually making fun of him. And uh, before I knew it, um, somehow... Uh, he made this what he called an altar call. I ended up up in front of the the uh, little bench that he had up there on my knees, and uh, again I got hit with that bright light again. It just came all over me, and he was on top of me. He's saying, "What's your name?" I command you out of him in the name of Jesus. And and my friend said I looked like I leaped in the air about four feet on my back, like I was shot out of a cannon. And he was, uh, I guess, he was casting demons out of me, and uh, and he was asking me my name, and he kept saying, "What's your name?" What's your name? I said, "My name's Jim." You know. I love you, man. And well, then he explained to me uh, later on. I told him a little bit what had happened, and he said that must have been the angel of the Lord. Well, he didn't really. Get, I didn't really get into the details of the gun and the suicide thing at the time because I was so embarrassed of it. But he uh, began to explain to me what the gift of uh, salvation was, how to be born again, how to give my life to Christ, and I had a purpose. And that's how I really got involved uh, in the, in in the kingdom or in in the church, as, as, as people call it. And then in, in your life, you know, you, you understood this gospel message. Um, I know you ended up in business, like you, you own one of the largest, uh, what is it, a painting Paint contracting contract business, business in huh? Atlanta. Yep. Uh, so you, you're very successful in business. But you felt um, like this message of the gospel, you had to get it out to the world. And you've now traveled in, I don't know, over 20 countries and you've seen all these crusades. And I think through your ministry, over a million people have come to Christ <laughs> in the last 12 right. years or so. Um, tell us about uh, what... Uh, happen in your life for you to launch out into that kind of ministry other than just being in business you know? yeah yeah that's interesting and one thing I'd tell you it's happened twice to me now it's a, you could call it an out of body experience which I know is very not not very traditional but it actually had that when I tried to kill myself what happened you know people when they die they go back I've heard they go back and see the past well what was really unusual I, I went into the future I actually saw myself uh, for the first time I was preaching in front of multitudes huge amounts of people and and uh, I was actually living in, in jungle uh, areas and stuff like that. And uh, and I saw just a lot of things that were the Lord showed. I didn't know. I really didn't know what it was. I, I just thought, you know, I just, I, I, you know, it couldn't be me because I was from a from a homeless drug addict to now seeing myself doing things. So I, I, th- I just thought it was some type of a dream or something like that. But what had happened is, is uh, Kathy and I, my wife and I, she's sitting beside me. We went down to Peru 
uh, long story short, uh, uh, I met her in California, saw her one time. She, she came to a house that I was staying at in California. And I, I mean, I could tell you story after story, but I saw her and I said, one day I'll marry that woman. Well, the, the, that girl, the family I was staying with uh, uh, just uh, kind of laughed and said that, no, she comes from a very prominent missionary family and I don't think they, she'd want anything to do with you. <laughs> and I said, well, I could agree with that. You know, I don't think you know, any woman would want me after what I'd been through. You know, and so, anyways, I kept telling this family when I when I tried to kill myself, I saw myself living in, in a grass in a bamboo hut in in the jungles of Peru, and they go, oh. <laughs> that's crazy you can't predict the future you know well I won't even tell you all the whole story but I ended up in Peru uh, we lived in California and then I ended up living in Michigan with this family it was a Bible school and then we ended up uh, they ended up uh, separating that and they, and they said where do you feel to go and I said I feel to go to Peru I've always told you I'm going to Peru and they, they looked at me really funny and they and I told them the mission I was going to go to and everything like that well what they found out is Kathy was there already there I go down to Peru, three months later, I end up marrying her. Wow. Now, if that isn't, uh, you know, like it was almost like a prophetic uh, uh, setup from heaven, you know, and so we ended up being married. We, we stayed there for a, uh, about uh, three years. We had our first child there, and then I, uh, Kathy and I, uh, due to uh, whatever, my, our first child, uh, we had her there, um, and that's the whole story in itself. I ended up. Uh, birthing the child in the jungle myself me and Kathy went into the the town to 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 be with a doctor or place and but anyway she had the baby there I ended up have, have delivered that baby that night well a year later later the baby died uh, from whooping cough and pneumonia and it was very hard on me and Kathy uh, uh, she took it hard but I I especially took it hard we went to the church for counsel and to, to find out what you know what had happened, what we did wrong, and and the church counseled me and said that the main leader he said because of your lack of faith and rebellion, God took your child, and uh, mm. that was tough to hear. That yeah, mm. yeah, that that um that, that actually uh, threw me out of the church for about twenty years. Mm. I, I literally went out of the church for twenty years, and that's when I I went back to. Uh, uh, we went back to the U.S. and I began to work very hard to cover me. I didn't go into drugs, but I began to work and that covered the pain. And uh, I become very successful in business. Um, mm-hmm. We were making a lot of money. Uh, then I uh, went from that. I felt like I needed to do something else besides work. And I mm-hmm. built up a, a very nice company. And uh, I went into uh, water skiing, which is a whole story mm-hmm. in itself. I won the nationals the first year I skied at age 35 and never never water skied or ever skied a day in my life and when the I, when i was 35 i bought a boat i went out and bought a ferrari uh, i was buying all these things i had lots of money and i bought a ferrari we bought homes we bought lake houses we bought re- you know everything we could and i bought a ferrari and that's a story in itself but uh, i ended up uh, buying a ski boat and went to a lake and uh Long story short, I, I began to ski, and I, I, I uh, got on the Canadian National Water Ski Team. They heard about me, and, and I skied with them for uh, at least, I think, maybe 12 years. I uh, skied all over the world. I skied in uh, Australia here. I skied in uh, England. I skied all over Canada. And I began to set records, national records, in my age division, and it was it was very good. Uh, but then as quickly as we got, as, as Catherine and I got uh, older in our marriage, my youngest son, which is Paul, well, he's my only son, 12, uh, uh, at age 15, he started into drugs. 
And uh, my life started collapsing all around me. But my son at 15, I thought he was going to be a professional soccer player. He was very good. But at 15, he started uh, using a gun, shooting at people, robbing people. The same thing I did when I was 15. He repeated exactly who I was, and it really horrified me. And I think I started really seeking God again. Mm. And uh, then I had another experience, again, where I, get, I came back. It was like an out-of-body experience. As her dad was dying, laid hands, he was a missionary, began to pray for me and Kathy to bless us before he died. I had, like again, like almost an out-of-body death experience. I started weeping and crying because 20 years I didn't walk with the Lord. I didn't go to church because of bitterness and hatred towards the church. And not towards... I always loved Jesus, but I hated his body. Mm. And... Uh, I have this out-of-body experience, and again, I go back into seeing multitudes. Well, that was almost 12 years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, ten to, yeah, it was 12 years ago. And and then I, I God had branded so in my heart, I just uh, said, God, I never want to leave you this time. And again, I saw the multitudes. I saw the masses of people, and I saw them weeping. And what I saw was myself through the eyes of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And I began to weep and weep and weep. And I, I couldn't love myself because I was, uh, I began to hate myself because I thought the church hated me. And uh, uh, I saw how the Lord loved me. And he, and he broke me. And He branded in my heart the lost and the dying. People like myself that had no hope, that had pain. And I felt the pain of just nations. And then. I, all of a sudden, I came out of that experience, and there was so much fire. There was fire in every joint of my body. And I would go home at night, and I would tell Kathy, I've got to preach. Even if I go to the streets, I've got to tell people about Jesus Christ. I said, I wasted so many years. So uh, I'd go to street corners. I'd get beat up. I'd go down to South America, and I would hold crusades. Right on streets, they weren't crusades, they were street street ministries. And I would gather a hundred, then two hundred, then it would go to a thousand and people were coming to Christ and, and when I would lay hands on them, the blind would see, the deaf would hear, the lame would walk, tumors and cancers. And I'll, I was like birthed into this healing ministry. I didn't even know what it was. And uh, from there, I started doing uh, parks, and then we went from parks to coliseum to stadiums and to a worldwide ministry to where now we go. We leave May. We're in Mexico, and we'll be back in Peru and, and possibly in India or Africa this year. And we've been to about 50 nations uh, just alone in South America, Peru alone. We've done over 50 cities, uh, crusa- crusades, and with my ministry and a friend of mine, we've led over a million people to Jesus Christ. Mm. And uh, I can't even tell you the miracles. We literally have lived the book of Acts for over 12 years. Jim, you've obviously got such a passion uh, to share this good news. Uh, there are people listening right now that are away from God or disconnected from God and have never really given their hearts to, to Christ. Uh, would you coach them through how they would give their lives to God and, and what they would do. You know, it's it, it, it. You know, we hear that we have to do this um, fantastic prayer. I just prayed, God, if you're real, come to me. That's mm-hmm. all I knew. I didn't know that there was a God, but all you have to do is say, Jesus, I need to give my life to you. I've I've, I've been a failure, or I've, I don't have peace. I don't have rest. My family's falling apart. I've got sickness, disease, whatever it is. Or you're, you've made a lot of money and that still hasn't satisfied you. Or you're famous and you're a rock star. Or you're a, a whatever, whatever, whatever. But yet you don't have peace. All you have to do is find a place. And Jesus is the same today, yesterday, and forever. He's alive. He raised from the dead. And you say, God, 
Jesus, I want you to come into my heart. Invite him into your heart. I'm telling you, the same way, you don't have to take a gun, stick it in your mouth, and pull the trigger. I was always radical. I, I guess I didn't realize that God could hear. You know, his eyes are, are here. His ears are here. He's not deaf. He, he'll hear your prayer. Just say, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Uh, I want to live for you. I want you to be the Lord of my life. And that's the simple prayer. That's the simple ma- message, Matt, that we take all over the world. And it's so simple that people raise their hand by the thousands and come and give their life. So if you want to give your life to Christ now, I'll pray with you. Just say, Jesus, I need to give my life to you. I want to uh, come out of, of, of the sin that I've been in or whatever I've been in. Or If you don't feel you're a sinner, you are. The Bible says you are. Just say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I want to be a new creature, a new creation. Come into my heart. And I always ask people to just pray that prayer. Believe that he raised from the dead. On the third day, he was crucified for your sins. And then I tell them, uh, where does Jesus live? I ask them, where does Jesus live? And, and the ones that really, really understand that, that quick prayer, they'll say, he's in my heart now. So just let him come in your heart. Let him be the Lord of your life. And this is my simple message, and it will be with me to the day I die. Well, mate, I reckon you're a history maker. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. God bless and, you. And uh, if anyone would like any more information, the website is www.globalevangelisticmissions.com. Dot com. And they can watch clips on there. They can, Or we uh, invite see. them to come. Yeah. To one of, we not just do the Crusades, uh, Matt. We, we go into a city and we actually turn the city upside down, just like the Book of Acts. I mean, it won't be Jim Drown's ministry. I will teach you, train you, equip you to lay hands on the sick. You will see the dead raised. You'll see the blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk. We invite you to come with us. And by your hands, by your testimony, you'll lead thousands to Christ. I think I'm going to have to come one day come too. On. So we'll, we'll book it Bring in. Bring the whole church. <laughs> <laughs> That's globalevangelisticmissions.com. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, Jim. God bless. Thank you. God bless everybody. That brings us to the end of this week's show. You can listen to this interview again or any of our other interviews. Simply go to historymakersradio.com. Thanks for joining us. History Makers.